We've got Xbox prototypes and Surface hardware. Happy Friday, friends. It has been a busy week. There was uh, RTX 3080s went on sale. You probably didn't get, get to get to buy one. Uh, PlayStation 5 pre-orders went up at a very random time, and you may or may not have gotten to buy one. Um, there was an Apple event. We've got Microsoft Ignite next week, which is going to be an IT Pro extravaganza. It's only two days this year. Remember, well, they're splitting it, so it's like a, it's a duo event. Oh, that's terrible. Whatever. Now they're splitting up into two, so it's only going to be a couple days. It is all virtual, um, and so obviously nobody's traveling to that, so we've got that happening next week. So there's a lot going on. September has been a very, very busy month, but we're going to kick it off with some Apple stuff real quick. I'm not going to dive too deep into it because I think it's been berated to death, but there's two things I think stand out really, really well. Uh, one is the Apple Watch SE at $279 is a significant value. Apple has done a really good job in their history of taking premium pricing, which they are known for, and slowly chopping it down into getting it into a much lower price point with the SE line of products, and that's what they're doing with the Apple Watch SE. Now, it does cut some features, but I think for many people who are trying to get an Apple Watch and they don't want to spend five, 600 bucks, $279 to get into the Apple Watch device family is a very good value, and it's going to put a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure onto uh, third parties or other vendors who are selling Fitbit-style uh, devices, you know, your health wearables. So there's that. Then also Fitness Plus, I think, is going to be potentially one of their most popular subscriptions. I think uh, maybe not more than music, but it is going to do, I think, extremely well for Apple, especially given what is going on in the world right now. Uh, this is going to be an easy way for people to get back into that sort of uh, you know regiment. And there's a lot of fitness apps that do very, very well in the app stores. And so Apple entering that uh, Thunderdome is going to be quite interesting. Now, they also announced bundling this week, and that was already kind of given. We knew that was going to happen. And and so this is going to be interesting. The one thing that's somewhat frustrating is the one bundle I could potentially be interested in would be fitness and music doesn't exist. You got to buy their high-end version or it's like $30 a month to get that. But then you also get like iCloud, which I don't care about, Arc Arcade, which I don't really care about, um, and some other stuff. And so whatever. Um, I, the only thing I will point out is that it was bundling that eventually kind of got Microsoft into some hot water with legal troubles uh, with Internet Explorer. And so... I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be the thing that will absolutely open them up to scrutiny from that capacity, um, but it's certainly not going to hurt things because you can imagine that a standalone company who only has, uh, you know, a fitness app service on the App Store is going to feel some serious pressure from this. Spotify actually came out and was kind of throwing the gauntlet down again, saying, "Look, this is unfair competition because Apple owns the entire stack. They have just a, a monopoly uh, amount of money that they can just go into any market, dominate it, and then you're, what are you going to do?" Uh, anyways, so there's also going to be, I believe, a Surface hardware event this fall, as Microsoft has done every single year. This really, a Surface event in the fall should not be surprising, um, but it looks like we're going to get another one. There's going to be a new clamshell device, I believe it was currently known as Sparty. Just think of this thing as the Surface Go of laptops, as for what's going to be included inside it. Would it surprise me to see something from AMD? I don't quite know the full specs yet, but I do believe that there are not going to be Windows Hello cameras. I think they are going to go with uh, like a fingerprint reader, which honestly, like I, I really prefer fingerprint readers over to facial recognition on everything. Um, so that makes me actually really, really happy. Think of it more of a Surface Go style laptop than a Surface Pro laptop, right? right? If you can make that, uh, that comparison there. Uh, we should also be seeing the 85 inch Surface Hub Two uh, coming out here anytime. Microsoft has already announced this, but given Ignite next week, I bet we see that thing show up. Uh, I'm not expecting the Surface Pro or Surface Studio or Surface laptops to get updates at this 
point. Microsoft is in a really weird position right now because of what is going on in the world. Trying to launch a slew of new products this fall may not really make sense. And Microsoft has always sort of marched to their own beat when it comes to Surface hardware. I mean, this the Duo that I'm holding right here is a perfect example. It's actually running a Snapdragon 855, which is last year's chip. Microsoft didn't really care. I mean, I'm sure they would have loved to put an 865 in there. I personally would have liked to see that too. But they don't. Microsoft marches to its own beat when it comes to putting silicon inside of laptops and desktops and everything else. So, um, yeah, while their Surface Pro 7, that's what we're, the iteration we're on right now, is starting to show its age, it's going to be a year old. Look for Surface Pro 8 to come at a later date. But right now, I don't think that's going to be this fall. The Surface Studio, by the way, which I've gotten a ton of questions about, I don't think that's going to be coming uh, this fall either. I think that Microsoft is sort of, again, looking at the market saying, do we really need to launch this thing? Is it a good time to be doing this? And so I think they've determined that the answer to that is no. Other things we will see this fall, I believe, are the Pro X2. Not a big surprise there. Surface Pro X, there's a new generation of the chip from Qualcomm, and they are just going to update that, and it's going to be a minor revision, uh, which is not surprising again because the Surface Pro X came out brand new last year. And so there you go. On to the gaming news of the week. There's a bunch of gaming news. Um, we got some Surface and Xbox prototypes, not not service prototypes, but Xbox prototypes to talk about here in a second. But just a quick rehash, PlayStation 5, $399, $499. Digital version is the $399. Games are going to be starting at about $70 if they're coming from Camp Sony. At least that is the, the market or the, what they announced is that some of their first-party titles are going to start at $70, which is not cheap. Uh, the pre-orders have already opened, and if you're listening to this thing, ah, I might go pre-order a PlayStation 5. You're probably already out of luck, so uh, good luck with that. On the Xbox side, Xbox Series X pre-orders are going to go live on the 22nd, and that is at 8 a.m. Pacific Time Eastern. So keep that in mind. Uh, you know, you're going to have to do the time conversion because there's far too many people across the globe listening to this. But 8 a.m. Pacific time, which is, I believe, 8, 9, 10, 11, if I can do my math there, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So uh, keep that in mind on the 22nd. If you're looking to get an Xbox in, in the U.S., it'll be at Amazon, Target, Walmart, Best Buy, Costco, Sam's Club, GameStop, Newegg, and the Army and Air Force Exchange Services. So for uh, all those people who want to pre-order it, listen to those, those retailers. They are going to have them. On the Series S side, games, not too surprising, this was confirmed by Jason uh, Ronald, uh, is that games are going to be 30% smaller for the Series S. Not a big surprise there, right? They're running at 1440p, or more likely 1080p, uh, depending on your device. The assets, the visual assets, are just significantly smaller. So games are going to be 30% smaller. And thanks to Microsoft Smart Delivery, you don't have to download all the assets for the 4K stuff that you're never, ever, ever going to use until you buy another console, and then you're going to have to re-download it. But that, I think that is absolutely the smart move. Um, also, Microsoft came out very clearly, said again, Jason, in the same uh, interview, with I believe it was IGN said uh, the Series X S powerful CPU and fast SSD will allow it allow developers to target the same great game experience as they get on the Series X. That was really indirectly targeting the fact that people are, are talking about is the Series S going to hold back next generation console gaming on the Xbox side, and that is absolutely not going to be happening because they have it's the same CPU, it's the same speed for storage, it's just a, a lower frame, it's not even a lower frame rate, it's just a lower resolution, so you're going to get roughly the same frame rates, just at a different resolution, so no worries there on uh, if you think the Series S is going to be, it's still 
just not a conversation anyways because PC games have been doing this for decades. So that is not that big of a deal. Now, Xbox Prototypes, Fast Company, got to talk to Microsoft and Microsoft supplied some images of their prototypes. So we'll take a first look here and you'll notice there's a couple things I want to talk about here. One, the very obvious that, hey, look, this is an Xbox Series X, which they called the Tower. That was its nickname. And Microsoft apparently did a bunch of research, went to actual people's homes and took some prototype style hardware and showed it off. Um, but a couple things I want to point out here. One is the obvious that there are white and maroon uh, Series X's. Obviously, Microsoft can change the color of the console anytime they want. It's just, I believe, injected plastic molding. Nothing too crazy there. But one of the things I, I, I want to point out here is notice how the lids or the tops are different pieces here. I had heard a, a from people familiar with what Microsoft was working on. This was a while ago, and I never reported on this, that Microsoft was working on this thing or, or toying with this idea called hats, interchangeable hats for the Series X console, because we didn't know about the Series S at that time. And so looking at this image, the first thing I thought was like, wow, look, look at those lids. Like They're, they're kind of like hats. Like you could swap those things if you really wanted. I don't know if anything is ever coming from that. It was an idea that was tossed around. And again, it, it's something I think Microsoft was playing with how to customize your console were with these hat things. But I have not heard any indication about whether or not that's coming to market in any capacity. I think it was more of along the lines of just a fun idea. But either way, uh, we've got some maroon, you've got some white. I think they look good. Uh, you can also see the different fan styles that Microsoft was playing with. You got to remember, it's basically just a vortex column that is coming up through the center of the console to keep it nice and cool. But yeah, so there's that one. And then uh, here you can see another look at some of the prototypes that Microsoft had created. You can see what they called the tower, which is the Series X, and then some of the Series S, which they called the slice because it is roughly a slice right out of the tower. And that's how they created the Series S. And these are a bunch of different foam mockups. Nothing too, you know, pulling out. There's nothing too crazy here at the end of the day. But it's just kind of a neat little look at how Microsoft was iterative in designing their consoles. And just a look that we don't always get to see. Just a neat little look. So there you go. You got the slice, you got the tower, and you've got everything else. So we are going to jump into the questions of the week because there are a lot of them. I always tweet out the link uh, to where I'm going to drop the questions each week. So if you're following me on Twitter at BDSams, uh, you can get in on the action. And so we've got a bunch. So we are going to dive into these. First one comes from Vladimir. He says, hey, Brad, previously uh, you said that PlayStation has nothing similar to Game Pass. I don't I don't know if I said nothing, but it's not quite the same. But anyways, during their event, they presented uh, the PS Collection, which is actually the same concept. Sure, there are only 20 games instead of 100 and no titles uh, at first release for now, but the collection, even if small, is rather impressive and made of many great titles if marketed correctly, which Sony is good at. Uh, couldn't this be a very good response to the Game Pass? Sure, absolutely. Um, there's also, I believe, what, PS Now, which is a similar style service. So it's not that Sony has nothing, but I think that Microsoft absolutely has the better value right now with Game Pass is the, is the bigger point. Uh, Data Miner says, uh, with the TikTok saga out of the way, and Microsoft has shown that they have money and their willingness to spend it on a major acquisition in the 10 to $50 billion range. Uh, where do you see them making a big deal? Azure Gaming or another consumer tech company like Spotify? It'd be super interesting if they bought a company like Spotify, but I don't I don't personally see them doing that. Uh, Microsoft has a ton of money in the bank and they will absolutely make acquisitions when and where it is necessary. Now, what are they going to go buy? You know, acquisitions are extremely hard to, to lock down and target, mostly because Microsoft looks at a ton of companies. I mean, they looked at buying Slack at one point. They looked at buying WB Games. They looked at buying, what was that, Platinum Games for a while. And so um, it, it's, it's really hard to understand who and what and where they're going to buy. They're going to buy any company they think that will be a strategic acquisition and that is 
going to improve their bottom line or standing in the market with uh, other companies. It's it's really hard. Microsoft, will they spend 10 to $50 billion? Yeah, they absolutely will. Are they going to do it just for the heck of it? No, I don't think they are actively saying we've got to spend $50 billion. That would be kind of insane. But if the right opportunity comes along, can they? They absolutely will. Bishbash says, on Surface Duo, on, on the Surface Duo, we know you can set up app pairs. Does this work with files, a file pair? Uh, that, that's an interesting idea. So you can, you can, I've got my Duo right here. You can do um, app pairs. I don't know, I haven't tried uh, an actual file. So what if you do, I'm trying to figure out if I can't, if it'll let me like navigate. So you go to groups. Um, so you can only select things that I believe it's only apps because it quite literally says, uh, select another app to pair with Office. And so it would have to show up in this view, which is a little hard to see. Uh, let's do that again. If you're listening to this in the audio, it's a little rough this week, I guess. So it would have to be in this view, which is like the app selection view, which the camera's not doing a great job of focusing in on that. So no, I don't think you can actually do that unless you could get it to show up in the app view selection uh, windows. And then can you launch multiple instances of the same app side by side, either manually or as an app file pair, i.e. two Excel spreadsheets? Um, so I know you can do two versions of Internet or an Internet Explorer of Edge. I'm going to try OneNote here uh, just because it is a Microsoft app. And so let's see. No, so you can't. So what happens, I don't want to show that because it's got some notes there. But what happens here is if you have OneNote open and you'll see it just pops it over to that that display. Um, I believe Edge right now is the only one that allows you to open two instances at the same time. What you can do are certain apps like uh, Teams and Outlook will take over both panels with unique displays, but you can't open very many apps in that sort of two instances of the same app right now. Uh, Sydney2k says, given last week's leaks by you, Walking Cat and Windows Central were literally game changers for the launch of the next-gen systems. How do you think you're how do you think ultimately your articles change the series console launches, good and bad? And do you think that they affected the PlayStation 5 launch? Um, good question. So the idea or the, the concept here is that myself, uh, Walking Cat, and Windows Central posted a bunch of the Series S, Series X, a lot of the details last week. Um, how did that impact the actual launch of the consoles? Well, the one thing I can give absolute credit for Microsoft to is that they fully embraced this and they just rolled with it. And I honestly think that they had, I know that Microsoft is, some people are going to not necessarily agree with this and I understand the bias that I'm about to say, but I think Microsoft actually had a better sort of launch experience. One, because they capitalized upon a lot of the memes, right? They they were very front and center. They didn't try to hide and just ignore the fact. Phil Spencer even admitted in an interview, I think it was last week or late last week or early this week, that the Series S was the worst kept secret in Xbox history. Uh, but something along those lines. Like we knew it was coming. Uh, Microsoft if they wanted to launch the console in absolute secrecy, they know how. How do we know this? Look at the Series X launch. Series X came out of nowhere. They went to extreme lengths and they did an exceptional job with the Series X. Nobody knew it was coming at the VGA Awards and we're just sitting there watching and then bam, there it is. So Microsoft, if they want to launch a console in, or a peripheral or anything and not have it spoiled by, by the, the industry, the tech industry itself, they absolutely know how to do it. And they did not take that route with the Series S. So 
so by not going what they did with the Series X, they were already exposing themselves. Um, the second thing is they were planning to launch this like way earlier, like I believe it was early as June potentially. So they were sitting on this information for a long time, just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And so then it all just kind of came to fruition last week. Now, on top of that, Microsoft really, really did embrace what happened. They rolled with the punches. They got some good memes out there and got a ton of social credit for that. And it exploded onto the scene. And would it have been the same way if 50 publications published all the exact same information at the same time and Microsoft had 15 tweets piled up rather than just working it into the flow of what was already happening in the industry? I, you know, there's no way to know that unless you go to an alternative universe. What I can tell you is that I think the announcement of the Series S for Microsoft generated a ton of noise. They got a ton of social credit for what they were doing. They got all their information out in a timely fashion. They still got their, their console mockups out in a timely fashion. And so... Microsoft, while obviously probably not what they call an optimal, I mean, the, the timing of all that, I definitely don't think it hurt them in any capacity. I think that they got their own stage because imagine them launching this information the same time roughly as the PlayStation 5. They would have been going up against that at the same time. It would, it would have been lost, I personally think, in some of that noise. And so Microsoft had a week to itself. Uh, the PlayStation 5 now has a week to itself and life goes on. I don't think what happened last week is going to have in any single way impact pre-orders in any capacity. Um, Every single iPhone, I think, including potentially the first one, I can't remember the first one, has leaked in full. And Apple dominates the market. It has never once hurt what they are doing. It just gives them additional exposure. So um, I personally think it potentially helped them. I don't think it hurt them in any in any way. So uh, Psycho Superman says, any word of the Disk Digital Initiative? I believe that was called Project Roma. If Microsoft enables that for the Series S, it would be a big advantage over the digital PS5. I absolutely agree. So I, I, we've talked about this before on here, but just as a quick recap, I believe it was called Project Roma. You take your disk to a retailer, you give it to them in some capacity, and then they give you a digital entitlement for the same game. Now, I don't know if there was a transaction there at all or, or the finer details. I can't remember them. I have to go back and look at my notes. But that was the idea right before the Xbox One All Digital Edition launch. As of right now, I believe that is that project is not happening. At least I haven't heard if it's coming to market. And it's been several years, so... I'm thinking it's not happening. Now, the interesting thing that has happened there is that... Uh, excuse me. Both Microsoft... Now, the thing that has happened is that both Microsoft and now Sony are launching digital versions of the next generation consoles and they are the least expensive version. So if you don't think physical media is already on its way out, the fact that the PlayStation 5 at $399 and the Xbox Series S at $299 without disk drives are the lowest entry point for both console generations on both sides of the fence is absolutely going to, I think, undercut uh, the physical media market. So you absolutely have that uh, going on. Let's see here. The next question is from uh, Srelix1986. Uh, do you think the, du the duo is a worthy descendant of the courier? So the Panos was actually asked this in an interview. He was like, hey, is this like an actual descendant to your to your credit here of the courier? And he was like, well, I didn't work on the courier. And I don't I don't know if any of the people who worked on the courier are still on the surface team. I bet there are a, a few people still floating around. Um, so it wasn't initially like targeted at that but i do think so i think this is the closest thing we will ever see to a courier um maybe this maybe the neo when it launches i guess maybe might be a little bit closer because that is actually going to be running windows this thing runs android that's if the neo ever launches um so 
yeah, we will keep that in mind. Um, but as of right now, I think this is the closest thing you can get from Microsoft that is close to the courier as possible. Uh, JTD Dwab says a few questions. Uh, since Microsoft is looking at Game Pass as a good source of constant revenue, also known as cash flow, uh, do you think it would be possible for them to develop app and allow Game Pass functionality on the PS4, PS5? Could they do that? Yes. Is Sony going to allow them to do that? I seriously doubt it. Uh, much like wrapping Game Pass for console under the PC and Ultimate Umbrella, adding PS support would change the game entirely. Uh, Sony's approval of that app is a whole different situation. I, I think Microsoft would love to potentially offer it on PlayStation. I say that very cautiously because if you can have if you have Game Pass on PlayStation, then there's really no reason to actually have an Xbox console. I mean, because if all the games are there, especially all the first party games are, are landing on PlayStation, what's the point of buying an Xbox? So I don't. I think it's technically, it's absolutely technically possible, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, any guesses on the cost of the Xbox Series XS expansion drive? So I believe you're talking about the Xbox Velocity uh, drive things that you can plug into the back that are hot swappable, I believe, by the way. Um, I think they're going to be like 200 bucks. I, somebody was passing around a screenshot of that stuff. Um, it's not going to be cheap, but I definitely think it's going to be over 100 bucks for sure. Um, I would be quite surprised if it's under $100. That would be shocking because you got to remember, I believe it's built by Seagate and Seagate is obviously not Microsoft, so they need to make money on it. And um, so I think $100 at minimum is what you should be expecting to pay. Um, have you strategized if uh, any of your upgrading your PC's graphics card to NVIDIA 30 series uh, card for Microsoft Flight Sim? No. Um, <laughs> trust me, first off, I'd love to get a 30, more than likely a 3070 or 3080 into that machine, but there's two big problems. One, um, all the bots bought up all the graphics cards uh, that were available earlier this week for pre-order. So good luck getting that unless you want to go to eBay and they were topping out like $50,000. Nobody's paying that. Those are some people just ramming up the prices. Um, would I love to put one in there? Absolutely. Am I going to go out and spend five, 600 bucks to do that? I don't think so, at least not yet. Right now, uh, my flight sim PC is running a, what is it, 20, no, 1080 in it right now. And so it, it gets the job done. It's not perfect, but I don't play the game. It's not a first-person shooter, so I can deal with some of the, the lower frame rates for now. Um, eventually, I will upgrade the card, but that I don't think that's going to be happening uh, this year. Uh, Jaffa King says, any idea if the Microsoft Series X digital edition is the work? I'd like to go with the Xbox, but the digital PS5, that's $100 cheaper, is very compelling. So this was that Series V rumor that was floating around. I don't think they would call it Series V. Although I will tell you that I think it would be absolutely very interesting if Microsoft did come out with a digital version of the Series X. They could just call it Series X digital. And if they actually dropped it for $399, that would be... That would be a huge, huge ace in the sleeve if Microsoft was able to put that together. Now, I don't think that they are doing that. I personally have not heard. And so maybe they can do it just like they did the Series X announcement and come out a complete surprise with it. But I have not heard that they have a digital edition of the Series X. Does it make sense? I personally think it does. Do I think we will see it eventually? It would not surprise me in any capacity. Um, I think Microsoft would be, it would be very smart of them to come out with one at that same price point as the PlayStation 5, just so that they have absolutely apples to apples comparisons for all price points that Sony is offering. Right now, we'll have to wait and see if Microsoft does do that. But if they did, I think that would be a very smart thing for them to do. Eisner says, now that all the Duo reviews are out and seem to have reached fairly consensus opinion on the product, what do you think is going through Pano's head right now? Think uh, that this is what he expected, slightly disappointed. So, I mean, I mean, Panos is not a, he's a smart individual. I've, I've chatted with him many times and he's surrounded by very smart people. You know, it, 
reviewers and the people building the product aren't some like massively different group. Like we all understand how you need to use a product and why you need to use a product. The difference is that the people who are building the product are much more typically forgiving of the shortcomings or understand the process and challenges of getting there. Whereas the reviewers just pick it up and say, hey, look, can I use this thing every day in my real life? Um, but they're still humans. They're still people at the end of the day. And they understand that, hey, if the software is buggy, if it's buggy in the lab, that's still buggy for other people. So I don't, I, I would think that he was probably pretty on the mark about what the reviews i mean you know we hear some feedback sometimes from the microsoft side that says yeah this is kind of what we expected and i think that's exactly where the duo ended up um the, uh, the only thing that might be sort of interesting potentially would be the camera there were some weird comments that microsoft maybe thought it was a little bit better potentially uh or could get better with software but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day i think microsoft the duo team understood where the product was and i think that the reviews kind of fell right in the line with their expectations so um, there you go. Um, Usman says, oh, wait, he actually said, we all know that Microsoft gets things right on V3. Other than the camera and bug fixes, what do you expect to be the number one priority to get this thing from essentially a beta product or something you'd recommend to consumers? Well, the biggest thing that I really want in this is wireless charging. I know it's not technically wireless because the charger has a wire, but it's, it's 2020. Being able to put this thing down on a Qi wireless charger would make make it just a lot better. It's just, that's like a little thing. You're like, yeah, to charge this thing, then you got to plug it in and it's already running older stuff and then you got to plug it in and it makes it just feel old. Um, so wireless charging has got to be a big deal. Um, 5G, not so much. Um, I would really like them to improve the camera experience just in general across the board. And so that would be a big improvement. Things that are, the one thing that would be interesting too is to see how they adapt um, the usage of applications that are not explicitly designed for the dual screen environment. If Microsoft could come up with some fancy solution to make, again, multiple instances of the same app might be very, very helpful, like running two, like two Twitter apps or two Amazon apps or two Reddit apps or something like that side by side or two OneNote. So uh, people were, uh, somebody asked earlier in the questions, those are like the little things that are gonna help finesse this product across the finish line. Cause right now it, it I think it is fair to call it somewhat of a beta product, the hardware, the hardware fit and finish is absolutely not beta, but the software is much closer to that beta side than say finished. Uh, Usman says, how do you think the Series S sales will fare? Uh, knowing that for $100 more, you get a more powerful console with the PS5 digital. $100 is a lot. So um, $100 is, a, is not an insignificant amount of money. And just say, hey, it's just $100 more. Well, then you can say, well, for just $100 more, you get the Series X, which is even more powerful. And then all of a sudden you're at $200 more. I, I personally think that people who are going to be in the Xbox camp, for the most part, already know that they're in that camp. For people who are in the PlayStation camp, they already know they're going to be in that. If there's people going out there looking for the best value, there's no better value in the next generation console than the Series S. Hands down, I can argue that to the end of the day because for uh, before taxes and everything else, for three hundred and fifteen dollars, you can play a hundred plus games. Once EA Play gets there for hundred and what 50 60 games for 315 bucks there's, there's nothing that comes close to that in terms of value and performance so microsoft absolutely has the value combination and the most performant com combination the question is do they ever hit that middle ground with the 399 digital series x we'll see um i don't 
I still think that people who are in the PlayStation camp are still going to buy a PlayStation, and people who are in the Xbox camp are typically just going to buy an Xbox. So, uh, Peter G says, what game drive would you say is the best for the Series X? Uh, the best game drive is going to be absolutely be their Velocity, whatever, Seagate thing. I call it the Velocity Drive. I don't know if that's its actual name, but it's the card slot thing that plugs in that actually expands the internal storage at the same uh, speed and fidelity as the internal drive. So, that is absolutely going to be the best, because you got to remember, if you're using external storage, especially like spinning platter drives and everything else like that i don't believe you can play next gen games from that drive you're gonna have to transfer them to internal so at that point it's just really you know if you're only buying for capacity and not to run it then whatever the biggest bang for the buck you can get is you know go get some spinning platter drives that are like eight terabytes and just honestly just run with that you'll have to deal with slow transfer speeds when that time arrives but that's going to be the easiest way to keep everything local if you need to uh, Costanza says, are there any plans to allow family purchases for sharing of Xbox? This is a good question, especially if you have multiple kids or multiple people in your house playing Xbox. I have not heard, but they're getting there because they have um, they have like the, uh, the Xbox family app. So it's not that they're obtuse to the idea, but it gets a little bit more tricky with third-party licensing. Microsoft could absolutely do it with their first-party stuff, but every time you, right, you go to EA or whoever your third-party title is and say, hey, look, we need multiple licenses for the same title, that's absolutely absolutely going to incur some cost for Microsoft. And so it's whether or not they want to eat that uh, or the, honestly, if the studio wants to allow it to happen. Uh, Tarplay says, it's looking like the Halo delay will be a net positive for Xbox. I'm thinking the Series XS will sell all the units they would normally sell this year without Halo. I tend to agree. And then Halo gets a, a severe, or gets to serve as a second wave of launch time sometime in 2021, uh, bringing with it more customers. I tend to agree with this, that all consoles are going to sell out uh, in the second half of this year. Um, PlayStation and Xbox. Um, Microsoft even commented that when they launched the Xbox One, they completely sold out, right? Initially, even though that console eventually got outsold two to one, their initial wave of devices before the holidays completely sold out. And I expect nothing different this time around. And so you might be right that Halo coming later uh, might potentially bring a second wave of you know sales and all that. I don't disagree with that. I really don't. So that'll be interesting to watch. 9 to 5 Surface says, what are the specs available for the rumored Surface Sparty? Um, I talked about that a little bit earlier. Wouldn't it surprise me to see AMD? I know Microsoft is trying to continue to foster that relationship and also typically offers a little bit lower price point. So if they're trying to get the, the lowest cost device, uh, that might be one way they could do it with Sparty, but I'm not positive on that yet. Uh, any news on a Surface Pro or Studio this year? You, know, you can scroll back through here. Uh, I don't believe so. And tell us about Microsoft Ignite. I can tell you that it is next week. Uh, and then Mr. PKI sending out, ending it out with the usual hard question. Whatever happened to the window... <laughs> Windows Insider Tip of the Week. So previously on this podcast, I used to do a tip of the week at the end of the week. Um, and maybe I should get back to doing that if you guys want me to do that. It, the problem is, is it gets a little hard or repetitive because like right now, it's like, hey, be looking out for what's going on with Ignite next week. And so maybe we can get back into that. So that is your tip of the week. 